Hi, my friends, and welcome to From Here to There. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing about the lives of many people throughout history and people alive today that God has worked through in order to bring increase and influence of His kingdom here on earth. But in this first series, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my story, how God was able to take me from powerless to powerful and from the nest to the nations. I really believe that as you listen, God is going to give you keys to moving forward toward your God destiny. So let's get started with this week's message. Today we're going to talk about doors of opportunity and how to know where God's leading. Our journey with the Lord is like a river. It can have fast times where you're racing and slow times where it seems boring and redundant. It can have turns, it can have bends, and learning to follow the Holy Spirit often involves mistakes or missteps. But don't worry, God is patient with us. He wants us to trust Him, and He wants to show us the way. He wants us to want His will, but He will never force us. So our decisions determine our direction, and our direction determines our destiny. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some keys to hearing and prospering in the will of God. Last week, I shared a bit about women in ministry, some things that I've had to study out as a female leader. But through it all, I would never have taken the leap of faith to the nations unless I knew that God was calling me. And the same God that called me is the same God who continues to lead us to lead me forward to where I am today. And so God continued to work in me in those first three years in the Philippines. And this podcast, I'm going to talk about a decision that I made after three years to make a change and how I learned more about following by the mistakes that I made. God has a good plan for you, and He is always working to bring that plan to pass. He was working in you even before you knew him to cause you to be able to know who you are in him and to see what he has for you. And so I shared before that I was a bit of a reluctant missionary. I made some mistakes, but God is always working to get us to his desired end. I love Isaiah 46.10. It says, Declaring the end from the beginning, And from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my good pleasure. And so when I left to go with JD, my son, to the Philippines, we experienced quite a culture shock. And yet it was an adventurous time. But I remember our first trip home after nine months of being overseas. And I remember being on the interstate in a big car and thinking about how much gas we were using, and everybody was in their own car. And so the reverse culture shock of coming home was almost as hard as it was going. I remember feeling really out of place in my church where I'd been such a vital part. And every day I was with my family, it seemed like a countdown of time until I had to leave them again for a long time. And so thank God I did have J.D. with me because I'm not sure I would have made it on my own. There's a reason why the Lord says it's not good to be alone. However, when we went back after that first summer home, I also remember 
the familiar smells and the chaos and the sound, the sound and the smell and the cozy feeling of the humidity that greeted us on our return. And it was really good to be back because that was becoming our second home. So those first few years were full of fun and new experiences, even though they were scary sometimes. We had 32 students in our first year class, and the second year we had 100. And so our team was growing. We had a large team. We were doing lots of outreach. But in the third year, changes began to take place. The leaders that God had sent me to help originally decided to return to the U.S., and with that, much of our team began to disperse. And a new director came in who became a great friend of mine and a mentor to me, whom I assisted in running the school that third year. And really, that third year, the school began to have influence and to really put down roots. And we were getting systems in place and really reaching out into other churches. And still, in my heart, I had that desire to go back to my old life, to go back home. And so I began to tell myself that, you know, God told me to help this couple not to go to the Philippines, and they're not here anymore, so maybe I'm supposed to go home too. In the back of my mind, I kind of wanted that to be the will of God, and yet I kept asking the Lord, what should I do? What is your will? And he didn't really seem to be answering, except one thing that I thought I heard was when he said to me, do you really want to know? which really scared me even more. And I said, what does that mean? And I didn't say, yes, Lord, I really want to know, because I was afraid really to know what his will would be. I wanted to do what I had decided in my mind was the best, and I made a good excuse for it. And so I'm sharing this story, my weaknesses, my mistakes for a purpose, because I learned so much from it. I want you to learn from what I'm teaching you, rather than having to go through the things that I went through. So the purpose of me sharing the story is, first of all, don't expect to hear from God if you've already made up your mind what you're going to do. So, you know, I didn't really realize I was doing that at the time because I was saying, Lord, I want your will. But I didn't really want to get close enough to him to find out what that will was because I was afraid he would say, stay for 10 more years. Of course, the thing which we fear sometimes comes to pass. But, you know, God is never going to force us. So he was working in my heart to make me be willing to be made willing to give all my life to him and to do his will. But three years, after three years in the Philippines, I decided that, you know, God hadn't really told me to go there and I wasn't sure I was in the right place. So I thought I would go home. And so I had to sell a lot of things that I had bought there, and we moved back to Colorado. And we had a house there that we had been renting out. We moved back into it. And even though our house was not a large house by American standards, I remember it feeling so huge after the crowded clutter of Manila. My pastor helped me to find a job with some people from the church who were willing to give me some time off to do ministry. And so I was back to praying and helping in the church, and my son was in eighth grade at this point. So we were there for that whole school year. I was working as a bookkeeper, and I actually like bookkeeping. But in this nine-month time, I made three international trips. I taught in Argentina for a week at the Damata there. 
I went with the team to India, and then I went back to Manila for a week to help with the graduation. And in between, I did a number of weekend worship seminars at local churches and Sunday church services. And so I was plenty busy. But I remember with all that, every day when I went into the office to work, I had this feeling of I am wasting my life. Now, I don't want you to necessarily feel that way. When we teach on ministry gifts, we always tell people that if you can do something else, do it. Most believers, 90% or more believers, express their ministry through the local church and through their own jobs and occupations and families. But when you're called to full-time ministry, it will eventually just get to the point where you don't feel satisfied with anything else. And I think that's what I was feeling as I was working, because I was super productive. There was no reason to feel like I'm wasting my life. I'm wasting God's time. But when God is calling you to full-time ministry, you're going to know it. And the call will cause you to step out on nothing else but faith. There will be no, sometimes no financial support. Sometimes pastors will have to leave a career and a job in order to go plant a church. And trust me, friends, nobody does that unless they really believe that God's calling them. So during this time, I had an opportunity also, an invitation to work full time in the church of a pastor I'd met while I was overseas. And this was a wonderful church and a wonderful couple in another state. And they invited me and really were persuading me. I even went out there for a scouting trip to come and be on their staff and lead worship and teach in their Bible school. So that was like the dream of a lifetime. And I seriously was considering that. We had some guest ministers come to our church while I was home. And they called me up to pray for me and Miss Cindy had a prophetic word for me. And she said, Tony, I see three doors. And it's very, very important which door you pick. Then she laid hands on me and I fell down. And when I got up, I thought, oh, great. Now that's even more pressure. It's very, very important which door I pick. And honestly, I knew in my heart what the three doors were. The doors were stay there in my home church, go and work at that other church, or go back on the mission field. And they sang a beautiful song over me, you know, trust in your heart and not your understanding, trust in your heart and not your reasoning, follow your heart, you know on the inside what to do. And it all sounded very comforting and spiritual, but in my mind, I am thinking I have no idea what to do. And, you know, when I asked the Lord, it seemed like he would say, you choose, my hand will be with you whatever you choose. When I looked at what was in my heart, my heart was like everywhere. My heart was in the nations. My heart was with my family. And so it didn't seem like I could trust my heart. I wanted to choose the right thing, but I was afraid of what he might tell me. And so during this period of time, I didn't hear very much. And so here is another clue for you. If you have been hearing, but you're not hearing now, maybe you need to go back to the last direction you had. <laughs> Numbers twenty three nineteen says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he not spoken and will he not do it? And so as I explained in an earlier 
podcast, God, in his greatness and in his purpose for humanity, actually submits his will to our will. Many religious people will teach that God is sovereign, God's in control, God can do anything he wants to do. And yes, that's true. God has the power to do anything he wants to do. But God gave humans authority on the earth. God created us in his image with a will of our own. And so God will not overrule our will. And let me sidetrack here for a minute. Is there only one perfect will of God for you? I actually find that hard to believe. And I'll tell you my rational reasoning on this. You know, if you believe that there was only one person in the world that you were supposed to marry, that was God's perfect person and God's will for you, what would happen if one person married the wrong person, the whole thing would be out of order. So whether you're believing for a spouse or whether you're looking for a new home, you know, there's not always one perfect one. Everyone has its plus and minuses, but we want to have that go ahead on the inside, that green light. And so I kind of believe that's how it is with the will of God for our life. God does have gifts and graces in you for a specific purpose. But as you're walking along the timeline, the chronos of your life, you make choices along the way. And God is big enough that he can rework the plan he has for you based upon your choices. I love that, that we don't have to be afraid of making a wrong choice because God can find us. He so honors a human's will that he even lets people go to hell if they choose to. He cannot forcibly save someone, even though it's his desire and his will that all people be saved. So we have the freedom to choose. But I believe that in order to hear the will of God, we must be willing. If God just went around giving people commands and we disobeyed them, we would be in sin. And so as far as the path of our life is concerned, I believe that usually, not always, but usually he waits for us to ask. He takes us higher and farther as we pursue him. So here is another word of wisdom. If you're afraid and you just avoid making a decision, you may be pulled by the will of others. And that's really what was happening to me during that nine-month time is I was just afraid to get too close to God because I wasn't sure I wanted to hear what he had to say. And in the meantime, I was like in neutral. And that was part of my confusion as other people were not in neutral, but I was. James 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given to him. Verse 6, though, says, Let them ask in faith with no doubting, For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. So I really hate to tell you this, but it's true. If you are afraid or wavering, no wisdom from God will come. We must ask with faith that God is with us and that God will show us and lead us And we also must have that consecration that we'll go God's way and do his will when he shows it to us. You know, I've learned this in other ways, like with preaching and services or 
anything that you are going to do that you have maybe some self-doubt or some fear, don't go out there wavering because you won't get anywhere. You've got to get yourself in a position of faith, standing firm, knowing that God loves you, knowing that God is with you and believing that he's able to transmit and reveal to you the will of God. So if we ask in faith and we are consecrated to the will of God, we will receive. And at this point in my life, I don't think I had either. I wasn't asking or walking by faith that he would show me what to do. And I wasn't consecrated to do what he would show me to do. I love this in Isaiah 1. And I'll first read from verse 18 because it reinforces what I just said. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Can you imagine that? Come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make you white as snow. God wants to reason with us. And God is not afraid to reason with us. It's not lack of faith if we want to reason with God. What's worse is to be fake or to pretend that we're full of faith when we're afraid to walk with God. And verse 19, I mentioned this in a previous podcast, says, if you are willing and obedient, this is Isaiah 1, 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And so the willingness must go with the obedience. I think sometimes we are obedient to do the will of God, but we're not willing, which makes us more like a slave and he's the taskmaster, which is not true. Or there's other times where we may be willing, but we're not obedient. We're willing to go to the nations, but God says to take this step and we don't do it. And so both of those coming together will cause us to be productive and have provision in the place that God is leading us. As it got close to the new school year, we'd been there nine months, actually probably more than nine months, but we came home and we were there for a summer and then a school year. So we'd been home like almost a year. And it was time for me to decide, was I going to stay there and put JD in ninth grade there at our home? And I knew that time was ticking and I began to really get nervous and pray in earnest, setting time aside just to be with the Lord. I'd been trying to follow my heart. You know, our heart in biblical terms is actually our inner being, our soul and our spirit. And so our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And when our mind, will, and emotions affect our spirit, it can cause muddiness or an inability to know what is the voice of God, because we have our own voice in there. But as I was praying, I suddenly had this revelation, and I realized that whenever I was praying and I saw visions, I saw things in the Spirit about my future, it had always been overseas and not at home. And so that was how I made the decision to go back to Manila. But now I only had like a month to raise money for tickets and start all over again with renting when I got there and furnishing there. And we were making a commitment for four years if we went back because JD was in ninth grade and I figured I'll just leave him in high school there. So time was short and we had a lot of needs. And I had a ministry date at a new small church plant. And while I was sharing there, I released the information that we decided to go back to Manila. And the pastor, who actually happened to be my son, told his congregation that the church would match whatever came in to send us back. 
Well, I think he was more surprised than I was at the amount the congregation gave. Later, when he told me to go into my room and look on the table, and my check was in there, and lo and behold, that check was enough from that small church to send us to get our tickets and to send us back to Manila and get us started again. I was so amazed at that, and so I think was he. And so this time we went with that four-year commitment, and this is how I learned the hard way, that if God wants you to change your direction, he will tell you, and if you don't hear anything, just stay where you are. So here are my takeaways from this week. Number one, don't expect to hear from God if you've already made up your own mind. In order to hear the will of God, we have to be willing. And I'll probably share about this in the future podcast because it's happened to me again and again where I kind of had my own idea about where I was headed and I didn't hear anything. And when I finally let go of my own idea, it became so easy to hear. Number two, if you have been hearing, but you're not hearing now, maybe you need to go back to the last thing you heard and find out if you've done that. Because God usually doesn't give you more if you haven't done what he told you last time. He doesn't change his mind. Number three, if you're afraid or wavering, you're not going to have wisdom. When you ask for wisdom, God will give it, but we've got to ask in faith and with the consecration that when he gives us the wisdom, we will do our best to obey. And so to summarize number four, we always teach this, if you don't know, don't go. Just stay until you know. And so that's not a hard thing to say, but it is a hard thing sometimes to do. I hope that my experiences, my story this week has encouraged you, has taught you something, has helped you, or will help you as you move along in your journey with the Lord. He has good plans for you. So let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you that you're so good to us. You're so faithful that you are in us, you are with us, and you are for us, that you have promised that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, and you busy yourself, you direct our path. And so for all my friends who are listening, as we pray today, we ask you, Father, to be a part of our journey, to teach us and lead us and show us how to follow the beautiful path that you have prepared for us. Father, let us not be afraid like Peter was when he stepped out of the boat and looked anxiously about us, but let us fix our eyes on you and simply listen and obey what you tell us to do. Let us trust you, Lord, that you are preparing us and that you are working in us to do your good pleasure. You want to teach us and lead us and guide us into the way that you have planned for us. Thank you, Lord, that as we're willing and obedient, we will have full provision, full wisdom, full anointing. And even when we feel like we don't know, we can rest and trust in you that you do know and that you're never going to leave us or forsake us. So thank you, Father, for your works in the people of earth, your believers, your church, all over the world, Lord God. You are orchestrating a beautiful symphony of lives to give glory to you and to spread your goodness and your love all over the earth. We thank you for that. We praise you that we get to be a part in Jesus' name. Amen. So if this episode's blessed you, do share it with somebody else and subscribe or go back and listen to some of the previous ones. 
I pray that my life and my things I've learned can bless you. And I look forward to sharing with you next week. I love you. Thanks for listening today. I pray you were blessed and encouraged. One of my life scriptures is Hebrews 11.1 in the Jordan translation. It says, Now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities. In Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to step into all God has prepared for you. If this episode's blessed you, please share it with someone else. I look forward to meeting with you again next week.